Welcome everyone to the very first episode of the Big Gay Fiction Book Club. We are so happy that you could join us today for this special inaugural edition of uh, something new that we're trying here on the show. This first episode, we're going to be shining the spotlight on one of our favorite authors, Annabeth Albert, and the third book in her Alaska Heat series. And this book is called Arctic Heat. What's really special, I think, about this sort of new format bonus episode, special whoopty doodle that we're doing, <laughs> is, is that very often Jeff and I do not read the same books and then talk about them on the podcast, simply because that would be, you know, you know, a little bit repetitive and boring. So we don't do it that way. And, and we should say, too, it's hard for us to read the same book to review at the same time. I think we've only done that a handful of times across the show. I think the last one was for Lucy Lennox's King Me. Yeah. As I mentioned, this is the very first time we're doing this. So we're basically just going to roll with it and see what happens. Our plan so far is to introduce this special bonus episode at the beginning Every month, uh, the first Tuesday of the month, this episode will drop for our Patreon members. They'll get a special sneaky peek, essentially, before everyone else does. And then on the very last Tuesday of the month, this special book club episode will appear in the regular podcast feed. Exactly. It, it gives our Patreon community a little something extra extra in their month, a little moment for this to be exclusive to them. And it also gives everyone... Uh, out in the regular podcast audience, the chance to read the book before this episode drops, because we'll mention what the book is at the top episode of each month so that you'll know what you need to read before you get to the end of the month. So what do you say? Shall we dive into Arctic Heat? Let's do. I'm super excited to get to talk to you about this book, because this, believe it or not, my very first Annabeth Albert book. You you have dominated the Annabeth Albert reading. <laughs> Damn right I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see why, because this book was so very good. Yeah, I'll give some of my uh, thoughts on the the entirety of the series towards the end of this review. So let's jump in. Arctic Heat is about uh, our two heroes, Owen and Quill, and they meet at uh, Ranger Orientation. Owen has made his way up into the wilds of Alaska, and he is going to spend the winter season being essentially a park ranger assistant. He's going to be assigned to a ranger, and they're going to like go around and do rangery things. Rangery things, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're going to spend the winter together living in, in this case, it sounds like they were in the basic ranger station is how I always took it. And have to deal with keeping the park open and for the people who come and do winter activities, be available to them. And then also, of course, deal with any emergencies that crop up as well as they are bound to do during the snowy season. So our two heroes meet during the volunteer orientation. The first line of the book is, come for the snow, stay for the ranger porn. So obviously, Owen has his sights set on Quill immediately. In fact, they're both attracted to one another rather quickly. First of all, I give Annabeth props for perhaps one of the best first lines of a book that I have seen in quite a long time, because that is quite the way to start. But I love as, as we get to know these two, you know, Owen is really gung-ho, really excited to be there. He's doing something that's on his bucket list, and he's eager, and Quill is like, 
grumpy ranger i'm here because i have to do orientation i'm here because i have to talk about avalanche safety yeah he is our stoic and reserved character and grumpy a little but yeah there's a little stoic grump- and reserved the but then there's grumpy too <laughs> He likes his independent lifestyle, and he's not happy in this case because his friend, this woman who is now not able to winter with him because she's got other responsibilities at the base station and also in her home life because her her wife is uh, soon to give birth. He doesn't have his usual winter companion, and that that has upset his stoic routine, if you will. Mm -hmm. So they chat off and on through the day and kind of get to know each other roughly and as things wrap up Hattie suggests that the two of them go hang out together and go have dinner so that's what they end up doing and as they share a meal and talk just a little bit more Owen opens up about why he's there in the middle of nowhere Alaska he is essentially crossing things off of his bucket list A few years prior, Owen was diagnosed with cancer, and after a good fight, he is now cancer-free. He essentially reprioritized his life and decided he wanted out of the corporate rat race he was in, and he's got this big bucket list, which included coming up to winter in Alaska and work in the park service for the winter, which, I'll be honest, to me, sounded like more work than I ever would want. (laughs) I like my snow, but not in that circumstance. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. After dinner is over, they walk back to the hotel together uh, and share a quick kiss in an alleyway. Owen makes it obvious that he is up for whatever. Quill definitely is not. He wants to keep things strictly professional. Yeah, I love Owen. We don't know what his life before cancer was like too much, but he is definitely in in this situation somebody who is going to go after what he wants. He's used to kind of being the alpha dominant, which kind of puts him a little bit at odds with Quill anyway, because I think Quill is also, you know, perceives himself as kind of the alpha dominant. And as we continue to go through the book, we get to see them clash over this a number of times of like who is in control of whatever situation. Exactly. On the second day of orientation, Quill is told that Owen is actually going to be the volunteer that he's going to be living with for the season. Something he is initially not too thrilled with, but Owen assures him that if he wants to keep things all business, that's what he'll do. He's not going to like flirt with him, you know. For six months. That's, you know what? (laughs) Harassment's not cool. That's not what he's going to do. So they go to the station and they get settled in. And Quill shows him the ropes. All business. All business all the time. I mean, right down to the fact that I think, you know, Quill is trying not to stoke the flames, if you will. Leaving notes of instructions in the morning, like here, go go do these things, and I don't necessarily need to be around you quite yet, and just go do this. Yeah, I think what he's doing. Quill has an awful lot of walls, and uh, yes. <laughs> later on the book we'll discover why. But essentially, he's staying as far away from Owen, as far away from temptation as he possibly can. So for the first few days, they settle into a routine, but then eventually comes word that two hikers have been injured. So this is the first real test of Owen's ability to execute on some of the first aid training that he received. Yeah, well, certainly one of Quill's 
concerns over getting landed with Owen is because he views Owen as the city slicker, the person who's not going to be able to handle himself. And even on top of that, as he learns about the the cancer that he's fought through, like is he is Owen even physically able to do some of the work that needs to be done? So this is really the first go at it to see how they're going to mesh in an emergency situation. Yeah, and one of the hikers, as it turns out, after they after they find her, has suffered some pretty severe injuries. So they have to load her up in essentially a, like a stretcher and carry her quite a ways to a rendezvous point where where this hiker and her friend can be medevaced out of the area. And Owen definitely proves himself. Uh, he essentially passes with flying colors. He handles the situation. He's cool under pressure, and mm-hmm. Quill's eyes are open. Yeah, I think Quill is especially liking how Owen manages himself in people situations. Quill is not a people person. Not only is he stoic and grumpy, but he is very much the introvert ranger. He wants to come in, deal with the situation, but he's not so good in the soft skills area of like bedside matter and whatnot. And it's up to Owen to really keep everybody kind of calm and cool as they make this trek back to where they can actually be medevaced. Yeah. And I think I'm reminded of a phrase, I believe that's been coined by Sarah Wendell of Smart Bitches Trashy Books. It's called competency porn. It's when a character shows an extreme adeptness. Owen cooks them a meal when they get back to the ranger station and they talk and they get to know each other a little bit more. Ending the evening with Owen giving Quill a back rub. And this is like a very big deal because of the distance that Quill is trying to put between them. So this sort of represents not only the attraction that's starting to blossom, but also the fact that the walls are starting to come down and that Quill is allowing this sort of physicality to happen between them. Mm -hmm. I liked how Owen made the dinner first. Owen's quite the chef, it turns out. And I think that was a little something to help start to put a crack in the walls and then the massage just helped to kick some holes in those walls as he went along. He'd still got a ways to go yet, but it certainly helped. So the days and possibly weeks pass and the very first snow comes and their generator goes kaput, um, which, which means things get very, very cold in that little ranger station. And they try and make do. They spend the evening playing cards, talking, getting to know one another a little bit more which is something that I've really enjoyed. I want to stop for just a second and say that each of the couples in the Alaska series really take the time to learn about one another and know one another, which in turn makes us understand the attraction uh, between the two main characters. Mm -hmm. And I like how Annabeth has structured this in a way where Owen is really the open book. Owen will talk about anything, anything, anytime. And it's Quill that he's really got to be careful with and help the man kind of nudge his way out of his shell to start to get these bits and pieces of his past and to help him understand why Quill is the way he is. It's really interesting how Annabeth plays that through just the dialogue between the characters, but also that internal dialogue that only us readers get to be aware of as well. 
kind of going back for a moment to our, our discussion of Grumpy Ranger, I really wanted Quill to chill out. He so often tries to read some ulterior motives into what Owen's doing and how it all, he thinks, kind of reverts back to the bucket list. Like, he even thinks that, you know, fucking a ranger might be on the bucket list, and that's all that Owen is in it for. And I just felt so bad for him that he'd been so burned over time that he he was having a hard time even being a friend with Owen. As proof that the walls are starting to come down, that card game and chat eventually turns into a very hot and sexy kiss, and Owen ends up getting Quill off. Yes, in an extremely sexy scene. (laughs) Quill gets a call from his friend Hattie, and she's essentially checking in to see how he and Owen are getting along. He doesn't go into great detail. He just makes sure that he knows that everything is fine. But she also tells him that there is an upcoming job promotion opportunity. But Quill tells her in no uncertain terms that this is where he's happy and this is where he's going to stay. Yeah, it goes back to him not having, I think, people skills again. To to get promoted would mean dealing with more people, and he would no longer just be solitary ranger on his own. The weather ends up taking a turn for the worst, and our heroes are essentially stuck inside. Which, of course, is your very favorite thing, that forced proximity, which just weaves its way throughout this book. Owen wants to fool around, and what he ends up doing is putting on a very sexy show for Quill, which ends up both of them getting off. Talk about a unique way to make the walls come down to do a sexy little show, (laughs) (laughs) just to help nudge things along a little bit. Yeah, and what this particular scene demonstrates is that Quill doesn't actually mind when Owen is in charge. That becomes very important a little bit later. Yeah, it very much does. Quill is so unique, and I really love the multi-dimensionness to him because it really made this book a lot of fun for me to read. I think it was a, a very good gateway book for me and Annabeth Albert to kind of see how she does this kind of thing. Afterwards, they cook a meal together, and Quill finally opens up about his disastrous family life. And it sort of opens a window into his psyche and why he is the way he is. Yeah. I, I, as Given my, my like of low angst things, waiting for Quill to finally open up was like something I was waiting for in, the, in all the previous chapters. And for him to finally do so, to be a turning point in his relationship with Owen, I really appreciated that we'd finally gotten there and they could have this talk. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it was also a good moment of food porn with both of them in the kitchen actually doing the cooking together. I thought that was a nice, in a different way than how they come together when they were out like working with the injured people. Working together in the kitchen was another layer of way for them to come together and and work on something as a team. Yeah, food, sex, and conversation make up a goodly portion of the middle of this book, which I'm not complaining about at all. But when you're stuck in a snowstorm, (laughs) what else are you going to do? Because, you know, they only partially fix that generator, so they're not back to full heat. And there are issues with that, so they they need to stay in close proximity even more so. Yeah. After a Thanksgiving meal, they share a blowjob, and it's if it wasn't already 
you know, readily apparent, things are quickly going from casual to very serious. Up until this point, I think Owen has been trying to reassure Quill that, you know, <laughs> things, it's like a kind of a friends with benefits kind of thing. It's super casual. Don't worry about it. There's no relationship in the offing here. No, relationships, the, the, the relationship stage is fast approaching for our guys. And needless to say, Quill is terrified of that because he keeps it's it's you know two steps forward one step back with him and and those walls that he tries to put back up again it makes you want to go back in his past and just like take care of the people who who hurt him so badly back in the day but on the other hand he's got the perfect person to also help you know put him back together again because owen is that owen's good people so one of the things i liked here too is and this goes back to the the extreme difference in them between the extrovert and the introvert, they've got to deal with a parcel of uh, scouts who come and kind of have the run of the place for a day. And you know what? Owen is great with the scouts and great with helping Quill, on the other hand, get through the demonstrations that he's doing with the scouts. And it once again proves what an outstanding team these two are when they are together. Mm Mm-hmm. Stronger together than they are apart. Yes. (laughs) Owen finds some bedraggled decorations and puts them up. Oh my God, they were so bedraggled. (laughs) To uh, help with the holiday spirit. Some cookie baking is interrupted by a report of a serious car accident. And once they reach the scene, Quill provides the medical assistance while Owen helps calm a young child who's in the back seat. Yes, this was (laughs) straight out of... A 911 episode <laughs> with with them out there taking care of this. Quill always tries to leave Owen behind when they have to go into these scenarios. And this is one where he's again proven wrong because if he hadn't had Owen with him to deal with the child, he would Quill would have been much more over his head than he was. I think the the situations arise several times in the story. And each time Quill is pushing Owen away, but for different reasons. At first, it's because he doesn't think Owen is experienced or capable enough to handle whatever situations might come up. But once he proves his competency, it becomes more and more difficult. Later, as in this situation, Quill insists that he can handle the situation by himself, not because Owen can't do it, but because he wants Owen to be safe. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's really where things start to tip as we get into the back half of the book. It's more about keeping Owen safe than making things easier on Quill. A few days later, they celebrate Christmas Eve together with a modest meal and a few little presents. And they dance together to an old CD. It's actually, it's all adorable and really sweet. It is. (laughs) They share a very sweet Christmas kiss and quill asks for what he really wants he finally wants to go to bed with owen because up until this point in their time together it's been very casual you know you know getting each other off maybe a few you know a blowjob here or there but at this moment quill finally gives in and they're going to go to bed because until now Everything they've done has essentially been in the common room of essentially their living room Um, because moving it to the bedroom would mean that it takes on a different uh, 
connotation that it had before. Mm-hmm. So they sleep together, and it's amazing, and it's wonderful, and they're very, very happy. And in the days after that, the days, you know, stretch out. It's getting darker earlier. It's cold. It's Alaska. It's winter. Um, <laughs> their days revolve around chores and sex, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And they spend New Year's Eve in each other's arms. Yeah, this segment is... Like you said, it's so sweet, and I could envision if this was a movie, it would have been a very lovely montage sequence of their daytime outside doing chores, and their evenings making a meal, and then having sex, and it's all very sweet, which means you know we're coming up on things just falling apart quick. And that they do. Owen receives a phone call from Hattie. She's essentially checking in to see how things are going. And he asks about the possibility of a summer position. He wants to know if he can extend his time with Quill. Later, as the two of them are clearing snow off of the roof of the station, they get into a bit of an argument. Never ever have arguments while you're clearing snow. That's like, don't do this at home. Don't have relationship discussions on top of a roof. (laughs) Exactly. So... Owen floats the idea of maybe staying on a little bit longer for the summer season, asking if he should stay. Uh, Quill says no, that Owen should go. Yeah, because now, of course, we're to the point in the story where we must push away. Quill has some legitimate concerns. The two of them are very different, and they have very different lives. Quill is very content where he is. And he doesn't believe, genuinely, that Owen is going to be content staying with him. Silly man. He's got, Owen's got his (laughs) life in the, you know, big wide world. And he's got his list of things that he wants to cross off. And that's fine. He understands that. And he's willing to have this one special moment and that be it. Owen is pissed off because he wants more than just one moment. He's thinking about the future. Yeah, every time that they see kids, and I think this really started with the Scout pack, and then there were discussion over the holidays as people talked about kids, and of course, Hattie's wife is getting ready to have a kid, and I don't think Quill sees himself as the father type and the family type, and he knows that Owen wants that. Owen is extremely frustrated because it seems that Quill is ready to go only so far he'll get to a certain point like there's a line that he isn't going to cross and no matter what owen says or does or attempts he can't get quill to see past or beyond that specific line so he's really angry and super frustrated and they end up breaking up essentially and it's not easy to break up when you're stuck in the same house yeah exactly So they spend a couple of days essentially not talking to one another. And unfortunately, Owen gets sick. And since he's the only one around, Quill tasks himself with caring for him. Which is, again, so sweet because Quill puts aside the breakup scenario and goes into full full tilt nurse mode, making soup, making sure Owen's as comfortable as possible, and... Doing all the responsibilities around the ranger station at the same time to make sure that Owen can recover as best as possible in in the cold surroundings that they have. 
What's interesting is that there is so much that Quill doesn't think that he can have, but it's all right there in front of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very true. He's got a wonderful, caring, enthusiastic man, and they have a life together. But for some, <laughs> well, I mean, for, well, actually, genuine reasons. Genuine reasons, because <laughs> Quill has been hurt, and he's got all that baggage, and he's having a hard time casting that baggage aside. Because what part of his thing, too, is he has witnessed as Hattie came out in the in the Ranger, the Ranger Corps. What what do they even call themselves <laughs> as she came out to all the Rangers and came out in the town where they're based? She faced a little backlash to that. And he doesn't want to be the gay Ranger, too. And so he always kind of carries that around as something that he's not willing to let go of. And it colors everything. Once Owen is feeling better and essentially back on the job, they get the call that there's been a bad avalanche and some skiers have been trapped. So they go to the scene to help assist the rescue attempt. Is it terrible that I was just waiting for this moment to happen? They spent so much time in the upfront of the book when they were in ranger training uh, in the first chapter or two of making a big deal about Quill's avalanche experience and such. I was I was eager for the disaster movie avalanche moment to happen. Does that make me terrible? Yes, you're a bad person. I'm a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> they arrive on the scene and oh, are helping. You can't jump to that point yet because we can't get them to the scene before we go through the whole rigmarole of, no, Owen, you can't go. You're not well enough yet. You can't go. You're not well enough yet. I ha- I can't keep you safe if you come on this trip. Because, yes, we have to visit that here, too, even though Owen has proven himself time and again. And, of course, Owen wins and gets to go. Okay, you were saying we're at the scene? So while the two of them are helping in the rescue attempt, Owen is swept away in a secondary avalanche. Which, I don't know how Annabeth researched this or sorted this out, but the description of Owen going down the mountain was quite something. It blew me away how well she illustrated that on the page rather than just saying that Owen moved essentially from point A to point B and they had to go find him. I was a little tense traveling down the mountain with him as he was being tossed over all kinds of stuff. They find Owen, they dig him out and get him medevaced to the nearest hospital. And almost losing him forces Quill to really wake up to the reality of his feelings and that he simply... Even after just, you know, this relatively short period of time, he's become a very important part of his life. And that all of those walls, all of that stuff that was holding him back was really in his own mind. And there is an interesting scene when Quill goes to the hospital. He has to go to the receptionist and explain his relationship with Owen because Owen is in ICU and only family members can see him. So... <laughs> poor poor Quill has to muster up the courage to actually say what he wants to say. He's not an acquaintance. He's not a co-worker. He's the boyfriend. Yeah, he, he is the boyfriend. <laughs> and it's just, he struggles so hard with that at this station. And you, you kind of want to pat him on his head as he's trying to get those words out so that he can get back to where 
Owen is. And but it's his awakening moment too. I mean, between the trip to the hospital itself and then actually having to say those words was his turning point, and it was it was so nice. Yeah, the the world didn't stop spinning because he essentially had to come out to a stranger. The world has almost stopped because Owen isn't in his life. So Quill is there by Owen's side when he eventually wakes up. And he's also there when Owen's parents arrive. Talk about the way to meet the parents. (laughs) (laughs) Because Owen doesn't get to introduce the parents. If I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, Quill had to introduce himself because Owen was still in and out of consciousness so much. (laughs) But guess what? They got on like a house on fire. And Owen had to wake up to this moment of like, oh, you're getting along with my parents. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Owen's parents are really wonderful. Mm -hmm. And everything that you think Quills never were. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This is what he needs. And it's the situation, all of this love and support. I think Quill is finally able to completely open up and talk truthfully with Owen about what he wants and what the future can mean for the two of them. Mm-hmm. It was the avalanche that really smashed his walls in the long run, or that at least was the the catalyst for those walls to have to come crashing down. When Owen has recovered enough to be released from the hospital, it's Valentine's Day, as a matter of fact. How appropriate. I know. Wasn't that sweet? So <laughs> what Quill does is he gets them a room at a nearby hotel and they spend the evening together in a giant soaker tub making plans for the future. It was it's another one of those sweet moments. And to me, and and you might have a debate on this just from how romance should be structured. But I really feel like there's such a huge portion of this book that is the grand gesture. And it essentially starts from when. Quill tells the nurse that he's the boyfriend all the way through and getting even past this Valentine's Day scene Mm -hmm. because Quill is doing so much to give Owen his heart. Exactly. Ooh, he's not going to debate me for this. Yeah, it's it's really fun. They have a really sweet romantic conversation in the bathtub where Quill proposes. Quill finally realizes that he is worthy of love, and Owen realizes that he doesn't need a list anymore. He has found what he wants for the rest of his life. Everybody together now. Oh. <laughs> the final chapter in the book is essentially an epilogue that uh, finds our heroes nine months later. Uh, they have said their I do's. They found themselves a house. They've got a cute dog, and they're essentially living their happily ever after. Yeah, uh, Quill no longer has to live at the ranger station. He he lives off-site a little bit, so he could have a little work-life separation. And they just ended up with the cutest little life I think one could have in the backwoods of Alaska. So that's essentially the journey of our two heroes in Arctic Heat. What is your final thought? Do you have a verdict? Oh, I loved it. I mean, it it hit so many wonderful notes the the fact that owen came into it as like this guy who was so happy and bubbly and full of life he rarely let quill get him down i mean they had their big fight on the roof 
But he was Mr. Sunshine pretty much the entire time, even while he was sick, even as he's recovering. And then there's, you know, Grumpy Quill, who got to become ungrumpy by the time we got to the end of the book, mm-hmm. who had his eyes thrown up. But I, I loved it. And if this is what the rest of the Alaska books are like, then I may have to find some way to go back and read them and enjoy the rest of that. I understand that there were the other characters actually showed up in this book, too. And I assume that you, having read the other books, found said Easter eggs as you went. Okay, so here's the situation. All three books in the series are genuine standalone. You can read them separately or in any order. They're going to make complete sense. And that's true. I was not lacking for anything here at all. So the scene Jeff was talking about earlier where Quill and Owen kind of have to help a group of tourists when they're kind of out in the wilderness looking at the northern lights, the tour group leaders were the two heroes from the very first book, Arctic Sun. Okay. That's why they were so cute with each other, because they were all touchy-feely boyfriendy. Yeah, it was. it's very, very interesting. Owen was watching these two guys and having a very different reaction than Quill was while seeing the exact same thing. Yeah. It, it was illustrative of the journey that they would be taking together. Yeah, very much so. And... You know, it, it put more of Quill's walls up, and Owen was more like, "Oh, look at them. They're cute. <laughs> exactly. So my final assessment of the book is that I also loved it to pieces. I was going to be so surprised if you didn't. <laughs> we get to this point, I'm like, ew, it was, it was okay. I didn't like it that much. No, I loved it to pieces. I love this book an awful, awful lot. I've actually loved all three books in this particular trilogy. I think what Annabeth Albert has done is taken some very specific romance tropes and given them space to breathe. Each of these books is a little bit longer than your average category romance. Um, They're all over 300 pages. And what that allows the characters to do is, like we said, it gives them time, it gives them space, and it gives them the ability to explore the relationship and feelings with the other character. I think... That's what I found so enjoyable and refreshing about this particular series. I've heard some people describe these books as slow burn. I don't actually agree with that. In this particular case, I just think that the books take place over an extended period of time. Most romances don't. They're usually like a protracted period, like a couple of days or like a week and You know, the two characters have a whole bunch of feels and they fall in love and ta-da, the end. What the books in this particular series do is is that um, they take place over an extended period, a time frame of many weeks or in this case, several months. Yeah, I was going to say this book must have been at least four to five, well, five months from just around the first of November and we got through Valentine's Day. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was that slow burn at all because they were constantly on the path to romance from the first time you saw them at ranger training. I, I mean, there there was no other way around it. There was at no point did I feel like that they were so separated or that they were frozen in a moment uh, where their relationship wasn't constantly moving forward. So I, I don't agree with the slow burn. Yeah. When... 
when someone mentions slow burn as a specific trope in a romance, I really feel that's more of a storytelling technique that's employed by an author to tease the reader. It's like getting them to like the edge and then constantly pulling back over and over and over again. That's mm-hmm. what I feel slow burn is, and that's not what's going on in this particular book. No, there's a constant move forward mm-hmm. between them. There are the hiccups, of course, and the and the black moment on, on the roof. Don't do your black moments on roofs. It's so dangerous. <laughs> so, so dangerous. But it was a constant move. Everybody was evolving. Quill's walls would go back up, but I don't see that as snatching the romance away, necessarily, because he knew he wanted the romance. He just couldn't figure out how to get himself there. Exactly. I will say that in a piece of this that doesn't connect to the romance specifically, you mentioned the generator problem that happened early. And Quill had to deal with a generator repairman who made it clear that he he really did not care for gays and other types of people who were outside of his comfort zone, if you will. And that was something that Quill used just to reinforce the fact that he didn't want to come out because he didn't want to be the gay ranger guy that everybody talked about. The comeuppance with the the repair guy at the end of the book was priceless. And I applauded when that <laughs> happened, that Quill had it in himself to tell the guy that he needed to 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 just chill out and, or he was maybe going to get punched. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that was Arctic Heat by Annabeth Albert. Have you read this book and enjoyed it as much as we have? Leave us a note in the comments. We'd like to know what you thought. If our discussion of Arctic Heat has prompted you to give this book a try, it is available in ebook, paperback, and audiobook formats. Yeah, we would definitely like to know your highlights and what you liked about it and all that good stuff. So definitely leave us a little bit of feedback and let us know what you think of this debut episode of Big Gay Fiction Book Club. Be on the lookout within the next couple of weeks about what the new book will be for April. We're talking about some options and we're going to pick something awesome. So stay tuned for that announcement coming soon. Thank you for joining us for this discussion of Arctic Heat. Remember, life was always sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.